welcome to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast, co-hosted by yours truly, Kate Richardson and Megan Pachecki. We're two registered dietitians here to make your life easier by debunking diet myths, sharing scientific information about nutrition, and keeping you motivated to reach your goals. We want to teach you everything we know by giving you real life examples of how we've helped our combined thousands of clients transform their lives, lose weight, and get healthy without having to go on another cookie cutter diet. On this podcast, we'll be giving you our best advice, strategies, and mindset shifts so you too can reach your goals using food and most importantly, enjoy the process. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Nutrition Awareness Podcast. If you are new here, my name is Kate, and usually I'm joined by my co-host and fellow dietitian, Megan, but today I'm recording solo, and way back at the beginning of this podcast, which was, geez, almost three years ago, I recorded a lot of things solo, but now Megan and I do a really good job of coordinating times to get in the office and talk together. But today that I'm recording, it's Friday, and Fridays are days that Megan spends with her son, so I'm alone talking about periods and diet for periods. So we're doing a five episode series on hormone health. And this is the first one. It's going to be probably the most comprehensive because I don't want to get too repetitive as these episodes go on. So today we're talking about diet and nutrition for your PMS symptoms and eating on your period. And in the future, we're gonna talk about balancing your hormones using diet and lifestyle recommendations, specifically addressing cortisol or stress hormone levels. We'll be talking about PCOS and hypothalamic amenorrhea. We'll be talking about thyroid and we're gonna talk about fertility. So no order in which those are gonna come out. I find that when we pick a topic and plan for it and also are in the mood to talk about that specific topic, the podcasts are just that much better for you. And today I'm in the mood to talk about periods, oddly enough. Now, I wanna say if you're a guy listening to this, I would recommend not turning it off. I know it might feel a little bit uncomfortable, but I think it's important for men to understand the experiences that women have during our entire menstrual cycle because nearly every week is a different experience. And when it comes to food and diet, a lot of the recommendations that we're given follow a very uh, 24-hour cyclical pattern, meaning eat the same thing every single day, have the same appetite every single day, when that's just not the case for women. We run on 28-day cycles while men run on 24-hour cycles. So this explains why maybe for a couple weeks it's really easy for a woman to follow the same program or a similar program as her boyfriend, as her spouse, as her brother or her male trainer, but then it just becomes nearly impossible and she feels really bad because she can't eat the same way she was or she can't exercise the same way she was. And then she might try to push through it and feel terrible or just feel really guilty and want to give up. So I think it's important to understand how our menstrual cycle and PMS influences our ability to stick to healthy eating goals and exercise and how we can modify our program to fit our body's needs so we don't completely go off the rails because that doesn't help, but so that we also don't hold ourselves to impossible standards. 
So in today's episode, I'm going to talk about diet recommendations for all phases of the menstrual cycle, all four of them, tips for dealing with PMS, and give you some tangible examples on how to implement all of my recommendations. I always like to tell a little bit about my own experience with premenstrual syndrome and, and periods. I'll admit, so the, learning about how the body reacts to our cycle is something that I'm I'm weirdly obsessed with, and it becomes it comes from a very personal place. So when I was on high in high school, I was put on hormonal birth control for just some like arbitrary reason, like acne or something. And I think I might have had slightly irregular periods. I can't really remember because I've basically been on birth control ever since I started having a period. And then after college, I decided to get off the pill for personal reasons, and I actually lost my menstrual cycle for 14 months. So I didn't have a period for over a year and I went through so many hormonal changes. Looking back, I don't want to say it was traumatic, but it kind of was because it made me feel like there was something wrong with me. Um, I was having like cystic acne for a while. Um, I obviously wasn't having a period, which made me feel like, am I infertile? What's wrong with me? I went in for all sorts of testing to see if I had polycystic ovary syndrome, um, if I had hypothalamic amenorrhea, and that's a condition I'll talk about later, but essentially it's when you lose your period because you're not eating enough and exercising too much. And I could never really figure out what it was um, until I you know, realized that I was over-exercising. I was putting a lot of stress on my body, whether I knew it or not. And I had to do a lot of lifestyle changes. Actually, I had to gain weight. Not that I was even underweight, um, but I had to do a lot of different things to get my cycle back. And I'll talk about that more in future episodes. And I've definitely talked about it in, in an episode about PCOS that I did over a year ago. But with lifestyle changes, with diet changes, I was able to get my period back and have a really consistent cycle. But the interesting thing about that is when I didn't have a period, I feel like I was running more on a man's clock because I wasn't having the same cycle and the same experience. So it was really easy for me to get up at 5 a.m., go lift heavy weights, go work at the hospital, come back. Go, come see clients at Nutrition Awareness, walk my dog, like do all the things. I had a lot more steady energy. And ever since I got my period back, it's been learning about how my body works and experiencing a totally different new way of, of living, which it sounds dramatic, but that's really how it feels. I never had PMS when I was on the pill. Um, and if I did, it was really slight. And then when I didn't have a period, I at least wasn't aware if I was having any PMS symptoms. And now I'm like, oh, this is actually what happens. So this is coming from a perspective of somebody who's not taking any kind of hormonal birth control, not on a hormonal IUD. And a lot of the advice is going to be a bit more applicable to women who are not taking any kind of hormonal birth control. I believe the copper IUD, um, those aren't going to be hormonal. So you may follow a more traditional cycle. Um, And of course, if you're not taking birth control, then you might be able to relate and take some of these tips for you. Um, I would say just as a piece of advice, if you're really interested in learning about how your body works because everyone's different, I would highly recommend using the app Natural Cycles to track your period, track your symptoms, track your ovulation. Um, Whether you're trying to get pregnant, whether you're not trying to get pregnant, 
It's very interesting because you can take your temperature every morning. You just pay 15 bucks for a thermometer, but of course you can use your own thermometer and you can really get insight on what you're experiencing each day of your cycle. And it gives you tons of information and has an algorithm that can predict your period. And pretty soon you'll really start to learn and get in tune with your own PMS or menstrual cycle experiences. And so when I have clients tell me, I don't know what it means to listen to my body when it comes to eating. I might say, you know, if we're sitting here talking and we're saying, hey, you know, listen to your hunger cues, really get into your body. What do you actually want? A lot of clients don't know where to start because they've never listened to their body, period. This is a great place to start. Tracking your menstrual cycle will teach you more about your body than anybody else could in a freaking million years. So let's start talking about the different phases of a period. I remember in gym class, health class in middle school, they taught us that your period is 28 days. And actually I read on the Natural Cycles app that only 13% of women out of a group of 612,000 women have a 28 day cycle. So the average is about 21 to 35 days and the length of your period, the length of your cycle is gonna depend on a bunch of different things, um, including your BMI, your age, if you're underweight, if you're overweight. So I, I used to be really stressed out when I wouldn't get my period on day 28 totally normal, you know your body better, and you don't have to hit this like perfect 28-day mark. But for simplicity's sake, when I talk about the different cycles or the phases of the cycle, I'm going to use that traditional 28-day length uh, because I believe I read the average was actually 29. So when I say the, the first, you know, 1 to 14 days, I'm just referring to that 28-day cycle. So the first phase of your cycle is called the menstrual phase, and that's the first day that you bleed. And this is when your sex hormones, progesterone and estrogen are at their lowest, and therefore you probably are gonna experience lower energy the first day of your cycle. So from a dietitian's perspective, I wanna make sure that my clients are eating enough iron because you're losing blood um, and therefore losing iron. And we also know that when someone has really low iron, they are also feeling fatigued. So you're losing iron, you're tired because your hormones are low. Eat an iron-rich diet. So the most bioavailable, meaning most rich sources of iron are gonna come from animal products, red meat, poultry, but there's tons of iron in plant-based products like beans, lentils, and legumes. And my favorite tip to give someone is to pair these iron-rich foods with something high in vitamin C. Vitamin C helps increase iron absorption. You'll get vitamin C from citrus fruits, tomatoes, leafy greens, bell peppers, and I'd also tell you to cut back on coffee or caffeine for a few reasons. One is coffee has phytic acid and that decreases the absorption of iron. So if you're eating steak and bell peppers with your coffee, weird combo, but hey, I've heard weirder things, then you're actually gonna miss out on some of that iron absorption. Plus your caffeine constricts your blood vessels. So if you experience a lot of cramps the first few days of your cycle, like I do, caffeine actually could make that worse. Taking a magnesium supplement could actually help reduce some of the cramps, but if you're up for it, take a break from caffeine. We'll talk about caffeine a little bit more in the cortisol episode, but if you have elevated cortisol, that's another reason to cut back on caffeine. So an ideal meal 
around the time of your your menstrual cycle would be let's say a homemade steak sirloin fajitas on whole wheat tortillas with sauteed bell peppers black beans and a big glass of water with lemon tons of iron vitamin c and fiber fiber is very very important for the first few days of your cycle well it's important all the time but especially because you're more likely to feel bloated and fiber can help move things along in your digestive system. On the note of fiber and bloat, make sure you're drinking enough water. Some women find it counterintuitive. They're like, why, if my stomach's distended, why would I wanna drink more water? That would make it distend more. Nope, the opposite's true. You need water to flush things along, to move that fiber along, and help you decrease some of that uncomfortable bloat. Eating a plant-based diet or foods that are high in fiber, pairing that with your your iron-rich foods or using those plant-based sources like beans and lentils as your iron sources is also going to help with bloat and cutting back on processed foods that are high in sodium. I know that's difficult when you're tired and maybe don't have a lot of energy, but we'll talk about how to make sure you're prepared for this um, in your follicular phase. So a really easy, low-effort meal I would say to have at the beginning of your cycle would be something like lentil curry with a citrus spinach salad on the side and maybe some caffeine-free tea. From an exercise perspective, I never encourage my clients to ignore the fact that their body is cramping and going through an extreme body system function. I'm not really, (laughs) you're picking up what I'm putting down. So, you know, don't go do heavy deadlifts on day two of your cycle, but gentle exercise like walking and yoga or training your upper body with lighter dumbbells would be a healthy way to stick to your exercise goals without overdoing it. I think that a walk outside, if you're able to, is the most energizing and healthy thing when you're on your cycle, especially when you feel like doing nothing. Unless you're bedridden and can't move, I say go out and do something. It's only going to help your bloat and make you feel better. But again, I don't encourage anybody to go hit any PRs with their squat in the weight room day one or two or three of their cycle. But then after the menstrual cycle, the the days that you're bleeding, you enter your follicular phase. So this could be day four or five up to 13, uh, 14 of your cycle, your follicular phase. And this is when people feel really dang good. You feel awesome. You have high energy. You usually have more of a normal appetite. And just my own experience right now, I am entering the follicular phase. And a week ago, I was a bottomless pit. I was so hungry and it feels like such a relief in my follicular phase to just not be that hungry. Like last night I went to dinner and I just really didn't even have a big appetite, which was unusual for me coming from the luteal phase because four days ago I would have eaten everything in sight. So we'll talk about that. But this is where women find it's really easy to stick to a caloric goal if that's what they're choosing to use to monitor their diet. I say I don't really encourage a lot of my clients to track their calories, but this is where people find it easy. Um, This is because you have an increase in testosterone, estrogen, follicular stimulating hormone, your luteinizing hormone. You have a lot of energy, you feel good, you might have a really high sex drive. So this is a great time to get in intense workouts, challenging workouts if you love HIIT, if you love boot camps. If you like to have a lot of sex, this is the time to do it. I mean, that gets your heart rate up, right? Who are we kidding? 
So this is when people feel great. And if you're the kind of person who during your menstrual cycle or right before your menstrual cycle really craves a lot of fast food or takeout or salty things, convenience foods, this is the time I say get a lot of your batch cooking done and make a lot of healthy things in bulk that you can freeze and heat up during your cycle. So making some kind of healthy lentil soup, um, making some personal veggie rich pizzas and wrapping them up and putting them in the freezer so you can just pop them in the oven when you are having cravings on your cycle. This is the time to set future you up for success. Uh, you can really just get a lot of done during this time on your cycle. But again, this is important to know and I can't emphasize this enough. I say take full advantage of the days that you feel good and have high energy and challenge yourself and push yourself but understand that your follicular phase, how you're feeling during this time, should not be the standard that you hold yourself to the days before your period because sometimes your body just can't do it. And I hear it so often from women that they're like, I don't understand, I was able to eat perfect for two weeks and now I just have no energy, I don't know what's wrong with me, I can't do anything. And it's just a matter of that your body needs time to do its thing and it doesn't have a lot of extra energy right now for you to save the world and you know bench press your record it's using all of its energy to release an egg so just keep that in mind that you know day seven of you is not going to be the same as day 27 of you for most women they ovulate on day 14 to 16, you're usually gonna still feel really good during ovulation. Um, this is when you are the most attractive to the opposite gender or maybe the same gender. Uh, this is interesting to look up. I'm not an expert on this, but a lot of studies have shown men find women to smell better, to look better, to be more sexually attractive during ovulation. If you're not sure when you ovulate, you can take your temperature. This is why I love that Natural Cycles app. You can just take your temperature every single morning before you get out of bed, plug it into the app, and it can tell you if you're ovulating. This is really helpful if you're trying to get pregnant and also really helpful if you're not trying to get pregnant because then you can use protection. Um, but I would say no real diet changes here. Just soak up feeling awesome and beautiful and sexy and really enjoy yourself during this time because following ovulation comes the luteal phase and this is when your ovaries release your egg because you didn't get pregnant now if you did get pregnant you're not going to experience this right you'll go into a different system during your luteal phase you have a rise in estrogen and progesterone okay so this is a big hormonal shift and your body feels it and one of the ways you feel it is an increase in appetite I'll tell you, I start to feel the increase in appetite about eight, nine days before I start my cycle, and it's crazy. I feel like a bottomless pit. I went to brunch with friends. So I'll tell you, it was on a Sunday. I had like a protein shake for breakfast that had a banana, peanut butter, protein powder, all the things. We went to brunch around noon. It was like an all-you-can-eat brunch. And I was like aware that I was eating more than everybody else. And it kind of made me feel a little insecure, but I'm over that. And I was like, oh, like that's a week before my period. So that made me feel a little bit better about it all. And then I got home and I expected to be full, but like two hours later, I was hungry. 
And old me would have felt really guilty for this. Old me would have been like, what's wrong with you? Why are you so hungry? But now I understand that I was starting my luteal phase and my body was hungry. So I was able to fuel up on a really balanced dinner without feeling any guilt. And all of those cravings and insatiable appetite was eventually satiated. So this is interesting. Why we have an insatiable appetite? Well, there are some studies that show that when you are about to start your period, when there is that um, relationship between estrogen, when you have that rise in estrogen, the leptin in our blood, which is a hunger hormone that signals to our body to stop eating, so leptin tells us that we're full. Um, When both of these are high, you have an increase in appetite and an increase in cravings. So this may explain why people just want to eat all of the things. So we can't necessarily change or manipulate the estrogen or leptin in our body unless we're on hormonal birth control and we're messing with our estrogen. So we have to just be aware of these things. And the number one thing you have to do is eat a balanced, filling diet. I know when you have cravings for sugar or for snack foods, it's really tempting to just use your period as an excuse to eat a bunch of junk food, but that really doesn't do you any favor and is probably going to make you feel a little bit worse afterwards. So make sure that you're keeping your blood sugars nice and steady by eating complex carbohydrates that help you satisfy those cravings for carbs, but also fill you up and don't cause a crash. Do not try to suppress your appetite with a bunch of refined diet foods like rice cakes and all that BS. Like nobody likes those. Eat something satiating. Eat sweet potatoes. Eat oats with a little bit of maple syrup in it. Um, Eat some brown rice with your meal and add a lot of fruit to your morning yogurt parfait to help you stay satiated and satisfy those cravings. But I'll also say something else about cravings. The more you learn your body and become more aware, the more you'll understand what your taste preference is and what it isn't. So when you have a craving and you're thinking about something, really assess what it is that you like. So if you're just kind of eating whatever's there and not really feeling satisfied, maybe it's some old chips in the back of your pantry or a box of cereal you haven't touched in a month, Uh, maybe it's like some donuts your husband brought home and you don't really like donuts but you just want sugar and then you're not really satisfied so you're still munching no cut that out really understand what it is that you like i have some women that tell me they're like yep i just keep a bunch of these like frozen ice cream sandwiches in my fridge just for when i'm on my period because i love them i love the cold and the crunchy texture together and they just have their thing that they know that they want and it's their go-to They let themselves have it and it keeps them from getting into a binge. So for me, I always crave something warm and satiating. This is the time where I'm gonna want a pizza. I'm gonna want something cheesy and melty, or I'm gonna want some kind of ice cream that's got a crunch to it. So I want an ice cream that's got like salty pretzels in it or cookie dough, something with texture in a waffle cone. This is the time of the month I eat those things instead of just trying to, you know, ignore what I actually want with a bunch of random sugar I don't really like. But I would only say to eat these kinds of things in the context of a balanced diet because your luteal phase is day 16 to 28 or when you have your period. So it's a pretty long time and if you're just eating a bunch of junk for two weeks then 
you're not going to feel that great. You're not going to make a whole lot of progress. So focus on eating those things that you either batch cooked during your follicular phase, make easy, simple meals, focus on fiber, make sure you're eating enough protein to keep you satiated. This is a problem I see in a lot of clients across the board, regardless if they have a menstrual cycle or not, they are not eating enough protein. Protein help keep you full. Make sure you're drinking water and staying hydrated and just try not to use your period as an excuse to do all of the things um, when, it term- when it comes to just eating everything and snacking like crazy. During this phase of your cycle, I would also give yourself a break with exercise. When I used to do boot camps, you had to sign up days in advance to reserve a class. And I would do these, I don't do this anymore, at like 6.30 in the morning. And if I woke up and my body was just not feeling it, I would get penalized if I canceled my class. So you had to cancel your class two hours before. I'm not setting an alarm at 4 a.m. to cancel my class. So I would drag myself to these intense boot boot camp workouts and feel like utter crap. And I do not recommend that for women if you can't cancel it without a penalty. Because during my follicular phase, I was like, this is great. I could do this, crushing every workout. I just can't do it the week before my period. So give yourself a break with exercise. Um, You can still do lifting, you can still do runs, but maybe you're just not pushing yourself as hard as you should go. I'm a huge fan of yoga, I'm a huge fan of walks, stretching, something more low impact. And if you you hear one thing from this episode, it's this. Any exercise, even walking and yoga is so impactful. I hear women who are trying to lose weight tell me that they're afraid to cut back on intense exercise. They don't think walks are effective. And I'm gonna tell you, I'm amazed by how many clients make physical progress by cutting back on intense workouts and adding in more restorative, long form, low intensity workouts like walking. Walking is the most underrated form of movement. So get that in, don't feel bad, it'll probably make you feel better. A few other side notes about this time. Um, Again, supplementing with magnesium, magnesium glycinate, because that's easy to digest, or magnesium theonate. Sometimes the other magnesiums can cause a bit of constipation or digestive issue. Is amazing to take for your mood, um, for cramps. I turn into a huge irritable you-know-what about three to four days before my cycle, and I found that magnesium makes me feel a little bit happier. I'm not as quick to snap at people. I'm still emotional. I still randomly cry at stuff, which is is super weird because when you go years and years not having a real period, um, all of a sudden you're like, when did I become such a softy? But I have found that magnesium and still maintaining light exercise keeps my mood up and I can snap out of it pretty quickly. I wanted to mention uh, seed cycling for anybody who may experience irregular periods. So someone who had irregular periods, right? So so after I, I didn't have my period for 14 months and I started to have my period, it would come every 21 to 60 days on average, which was a little bit distressing um, before I started getting it every 28 to 35 days. And so that's about as regular as I am at this point, which, you know, from where I come, I think that's a pretty great place to be. But the theory of seed cycling i have never tried it but there is decent amount of evidence to support that it may be helpful and you don't have any risk by trying it so we talked about this in depth 
on our mini episode number two. You'll find it between episode 110 and 111, but it's when you eat different types of seeds during the first and second half of your menstrual cycle to help you regulate your cycle. So the first half you eat ground flax seeds, um, and the second half you're eating sunflower seeds. Can't remember the other seeds that you eat during your second half, but we talk about that all in the episode. If you're interested, it doesn't hurt to try. You're not gonna, you know, put yourself in danger. It's just eating a little extra fiber from seeds, and a lot of people swear by it for irregular periods. In the PCOS episode, I'll talk a little bit more about irregular periods because that's associated with PCOS, and a lot of the supplements you can take to help with regulating your period. The one I'll mention now is myo-inositol and the D-Cairo 40 to 1 ratio. There's a lot of good studies that show that this supplement can really help with regulating your cycle if you struggle with PCOS or irregular periods. Something to look into, and we'll definitely talk about that more in upcoming episodes. Uh, We'll also talk more about hypothalamic amenorrhea which is a condition in which you are over-exercising and under-eating and therefore don't have enough extra calories to have a menstrual cycle. I suspect this is what happened to me when I lost my cycle because even with scans, even with blood tests, they couldn't confirm I had PCOS because those things were normal. Um, The only thing abnormal was not having a cycle. So once I cut back on lifting heavy, which I was doing five or six times a week, and I cut that back to be lighter, less frequent, less intense, and started integrating more restorative exercise, I got my cycle back. Um, I also started taking magnesium. I don't know if that made a difference in me and me having my period, but I swear by changing your exercise. For a lot of my women, this takes a while, um, and it's definitely a mental hurdle to learn that sometimes less is more, but I think it's worth it if it's something you're concerned about. So that's it for today's episode. You know, if you ever have questions about this or you want to sit down with Megan or I and and talk in depth about diet recommendations for you on how to help your menstrual cycle, how to balance your hormones, we are happy to do that for you. We don't do any lab draws in our office, but you can bring in any labs you got from your primary care physician or if you go to LabQuest or LabCorp to get your blood drawn, we can help you interpret your results. Um, I was also going to say if you don't do labs but you have a lot of symptoms, you might feel really fatigued, you might be having acne, you might be having some stubborn weight gain in your abdominal region, no matter how perfect you exercise, no matter how perfect you eat, if you feel like you're doing everything right and you're still not getting results, come in and talk to one of us. We can help you determine some dietary changes and lifestyle shifts uh, and maybe help you give you some clues on what could be what could be off. We're not medical doctors. We can't tell you or diagnose you with a hormone imbalance, but the body gives us clues and we can help you become an expert in reading your body. So if you want to set up an appointment with us, I'm going to link our website's information in the information below in the in the episode description and you can schedule online or follow us on instagram at nutrition.awareness and send us a dm if you want to ask questions about our process or just kind of learn more about how we can help you but if you found this episode helpful 
uh, please share it on Instagram, share it with a friend and let us know. I love talking about women's health and nutrition. It's really near and dear to my heart. And I just want to put out stuff that really helps you. So we will catch you on the next episode. Megan will be joining me for a couple at least, and we'll talk more about different hormone imbalances and how your diet can help you optimize your life. All right. Thanks guys. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the nutrition awareness podcast. And if you did find it helpful and want to share it with the whole world, screenshot this episode and tag us on Instagram in your stories at nutrition.awareness so we can connect with you. To get notified about the next episode of Nutrition Awareness, be sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. And to create your own personalized nutrition plan with us, be sure to schedule your virtual or in-person consultation on our website, www.orlandodietitian.com. Now get out there, fuel up, and live your healthiest life. We'll see you on the next episode.